beautiful. That's what comes to mind when we think about our human design and we're progressively exposed to the perfection of God's original design. Our lives begin to reflect that beauty. Your life is His design, and His design is beautiful. Thank you for engaging with us as we are about to be further exposed to the beauty of His design as we look into the world to see Jesus. Please look into scripture as we go to Matthew chapter number 24. And we will read from verse 3 to, I say stop, Matthew chapter number 24 from verse 3. And I want you to please make eye contact with the word. It's very important. I cannot overemphasize the importance of it. Alright, we'll read together in concert, want to go. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of your coming, and of the end of the world? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and shall deceive many. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled. Say, see that you be not troubled. All right, let's go on. But the end is not yet. For nations shall rise against nations, and kingdom against kingdoms. And there shall be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Stop. Praise God. Are you ready to receive the word of God this morning? Say this with me. I am ready to receive God's word. I will be blessed. I will be impacted. My heart and my mind is open. There is no distraction. I am engaged with the word. I receive God's word. With joy and gladness, direction has come for me, insight has come for me, victory has come for me, revelation knowledge has come for me, and I make progress in my life by the entrance of the word. I decree and declare that light has come to me. I am not walking in darkness. I have the light of life. I have the light for life. I have the light for life. I live in wisdom, revelation, and I honor what Jesus has done. Amen and amen and amen. You may be seated. Glory to God. Give the Lord a shout. Praise the Lord. All right. So it's the last episode of the big screen series. And what a way to close the episode. Commercials. Oh, well, there's Wednesday. Oh, that's true. Okay, it's the second to the last. <laughs> the last installation on Sunday. Um, by Wednesday, it will be nine episodes. Nine. And I'm telling you, I have not even touched on the power of the Spirit. I'm just talking about the person. 
Not even talked about, if we start to talk about the power, that's <laughs> going to be another conversation. Just talking about the person of the Holy Spirit and how to engage Him. And today's episode is commercials. It's very simple, very easy to understand. Big screens, commercials, right? What do you see on the big screen? Commercials. Whenever you have a big football game or any kind of game, somebody's always trying to sell you something. And they put these commercials because, I mean, <laughs> they want you to buy. So commercials basically is supposed to pull you in so that you can eventually buy the product. Today, the Holy Spirit is the commercials of heaven. Alright? Yeah, you see, you see the connection. It's the commercials of heaven. And he's basically explaining the intricacies and the beauties of what Jesus has accomplished and pulling you to participate, pulling you to buy, pulling you to enjoy. Okay? Um, so, that's what we want to talk about for the rest of the three hours that I have this morning. Who did that? Stand up. (laughs) Oh, glory to God. So, today's teaching is commercials. And I want to start to teach from Matthew chapter number 24. Now, in the book of Matthew, now, let me tell you what's happening in this service, okay? The Holy Spirit is explaining things to you. The Holy Spirit is explaining things to you. You are in the commercials right now. And the big screen is on. And you are about to see commercials. At the end of it, you are going to be invited, pulled into the experience of what you have just seen. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's going to bless you. I just felt the power of God whilst I said that. Praise God forevermore. Glory to God. So let's look at verse 3. Very important Matthew 24. Jesus begins to talk about what the signs of the end times will be. His disciples came to him in verse 3. And they asked him to tell them what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the world. So number one, there is the coming of our Lord Jesus and then there is going to be the end of the world. Now, notice as we go further that these things that um, Jesus is going to mention here, They are going to be happening before the end of the world. Because the Bible says um, that all these things will be happening, but the end is not yet. So they will be happening before the end of the world. And the last time I checked, we are all in the world. We are all, everybody here is in the world. So it looks like Jesus is saying, this is what is going to be happening to all of us. But no, that's not what Jesus is saying. (laughs) Jesus is not, he's talking about the signs 
of the end of the time, he's not talking about the sentence. In other words, it's just a sign, it's not your sentence. In other words, you're not, you're not resigned to faith that, they had, that is going to happen to you. You understand? It's just a sign. So when you see it, you know it's happening. But that doesn't mean it's a sentence. Like, I've taken Esther and I've locked her up and said, this is your faith. No. And it's important that you follow this because, if not, Satan is going to bring this scripture to you and say, but Jesus said he so expect it. He said it. So let's look at what Jesus said. He says, what shall be the sign of the end of the times? And what will point us to the end of the world and to your coming? So Jesus, in response, answered and said, Take heed that no man deceives you. Verse 5. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and shall deceive many. So sign number one. Okay, if you want to, um, please, if you can, if you're taking notes, just do a tabular representation like I did. I mean, I have that. Just, but if, you, if not, if you can't draw a line, just take notes of it as you're taking notes on your phones and all of that. So what will be the sign of the end of the age? You're going to be doing a lot of looking at the scripture and taking notes and looking at scripture. It's going to help you. So the first one that Jesus said, first sign number one. Is that there will be false Christ. So sign number one. False Christ. Now that is the picture of the end of the world. In fact false Christ simply means anti-Christ. Okay. The anti-Christ is going to show up. But now John tells us. That we are not just waiting for the one anti-Christ. There are already many anti-Christ. Okay. Now, what does Antichrist mean? Because some of you are like, Antichrist, he's going to, you know, mm-mm. Anti just simply means against Christ. Another word for entity, anti, is in substitute to Christ. Anti. That's in substitute. So, substitute to Christ. Okay? Now, that's the big picture. But let's bring it down to everyday life. So, the big end of the world picture is, number one, sign of the end time, there will be the Antichrist, right? But then, if we bring it down to our everyday life, Antichrist means false teaching. Praise the Lord. So, there will be false teachings as one of the signs of the end times. What does it mean to have false teaching? Teaching that opposes Christ or teaching that is in substitute to Christ. So the moment I stand here to begin to give you something that is in substitute to the cross of Jesus Christ, that is anti-Christ. It's simply anti-Christ, anti-Christ. Praise the Lord. So that's sign number one. So please take note of that. There is false Christ. In today's manifestation, it will be false teaching. Then he goes on in verse 5. In verse 6. He says, And you shall hear wars and rumors of wars. But he says, See that you be not troubled. So, number 2 is wars and rumors of wars. Wars and rumors of wars. 
In today's manifestation, it will be strife. Was as a sign of the end, strife in today's manifestation. Strife amongst church members, strife amongst brothers, strife between pastor and members, strife between members and members, strife between one um, brother in church with another brother. Okay? This is the signs of the end times. Now, how many of you know that false teaching is on the rise? Hands up. Okay. How many of you know? I mean, you have to be blind not to know that wars and rumors of wars are on the rise. Do you now notice also that this seems to be the time that the enemy, you know, some of you don't understand, and I pray that with this teaching you get to understand that the enemy is, is simply throwing all his arrows on the church. Causing strife. Causing, for no reason. People are just upset about, upset about their brother. You know, just strife. For no reason. If you ask them, what is the reason why? And they talk to me funny. And they do Strife. Jesus said, is a sign of the times. Let's continue. Then, he says, you shall hear wars and rumors of wars. And all of that. Then it says, verse 7, it says, For nations shall rise against nations, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines. So the third thing there is famines. Okay? So there will be famine. Famine is the big word. You know, scarcity is the big word. Okay, but in today's manifestation, it is lack. 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 There will be increase in lack. And then, number four. Okay? Number four. Pestilence and earthquakes in diverse places. So that's the fourth one. Pestilence and earthquakes. Pestilence simply means diseases. Okay? And earthquakes simply means death. So, now we see... You see... Now, please, <laughs> some of you are going to say, ah, what, what has this got? Jesus said, this is the sign of the times, right? Yes, sir. Good. So, he's saying that for everybody in the world, this is how you're going to know that the end of the time is coming or has come. And he says, as you see all these things, it's just the beginning of bedpans, just the beginning of sorrows. Right? So, it means that people are going to be here as these things are happening. Now, let me ask you a question. Very sincere question. Do people fall in any of these four categories? Hello, church. Do people fall in any of these four categories? Are people experiencing, you know, when it says pestilence, okay, that is sicknesses and diseases. The kind that rose up against Israel, uh, against Egypt, and all of that, Right? So, and then death. I don't think that there's any time in history that people have been more sick than now. And that. I don't think so. Now, let me tell you why I say I don't think so. Because we expect that with the increase in knowledge and with the increase in medical advancement, there's supposed to be the decrease of death. Okay? But it's not happening. 
true. So the first is false teaching. The big picture, the big picture is the Antichrist. But in today's manifestation is false teaching. Okay. Now, the second is wars and rumors of wars. In today's um, parlance or terminology, it is strife. Strife in church, strife amongst believers, strife amongst brothers, strife in the family. Alright, strife. Strife amongst friends. Strife. And then the third one is what? Pestilence. That's, um, yeah, did I get that? Famine, rather. Famine. And in today's manifestation, it will be lack. Not having enough. Not being able to do what needs to be done. And then finally, you know, there's pestilence and earthquakes, right? Which in today's parlance would mean sicknesses, diseases, and then of course death. But you see, what Jesus is showing us in the book of Matthew, alright, is also represented somewhere else. Okay, and I'm going to show you. It's represented somewhere else. So what, what do I want to do today? You see, if you're seated here and you're in the world, it seems as though Jesus is saying you're going to have to participate in it. But I tell you, the commercial that is on is the Holy Spirit taking you by the hand and showing you how not to participate in it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Brothers and sisters, you don't have to participate in lack, say amen. amen. You don't have to participate in sickness, say amen. amen. I say you don't have to participate in it, say amen. amen. You don't have to participate in strife, say amen. amen. You can live a strife feel like. And brothers and sisters, you don't have to take part in false teaching. You don't have to participate in false doctrine. Can we say amen? amen. So you say this with me, I don't have to participate in it. So what I want to do in this teaching is show you the answer. I'll take you on a journey and show you the way out. Can we say amen? amen. So, be distracted at your own, at your own period. You know why I say so? Because what, we are, what Jesus said, we can see it happening around us. Are you getting what I'm saying? Russia just attacked Ukraine unprovoked. And there are many more wars like that going on. And brothers and sisters, amongst believers, that's why, man, once you get this, oh, I, I love the Lord. He loves to bring us revelation knowledge. And I love to teach God's word. I'm telling you, just to have light into how to do life is the most precious thing that can happen to any human being. That, ah, you see, something is going on in this world, I don't have to take part. You, if you like, <laughs> say we are all in this together. Not me. Especially if God sanctions my, my, my escape. You understand? If it is God's will that I don't take part, why do I want to, stop head, take part? <laughs> are you hearing what I'm saying? So let's go now to Revelation chapter number 6. We're going to see where these things that Jesus was talking about is now giving their proper um, their proper description so that you identify it. Then, after I've done this, I will now show you, you know, what God has as the answer. Revelation 6 from verse 1. And I saw... 
when the lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder. Make eye contact with the word if you can. One of the four beasts saying, come and see. And I saw, and behold, a white horse. So take note. A white horse. And he that sat on him had a bow. And a crown was given unto him. And he went forth conquering and to conquer. Pay attention of what he went forth to do. So number one, we see a white horse. Right? And a bow was given to him. But the bow doesn't have arrow. It's just a bow. No arrow. But then they say that a crown was also put on his head. The white horse represents the false teaching that Jesus was talking about in the book of Matthew. Why does he have a bow without an arrow? That's exactly what false teaching does. False teaching, alright, will get to you, but it can't change you. It will get to you, but no impact. Somebody that. It's the word of God like an arrow, but the Bible talks about the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Alright? So, the idea is that when the word of God comes, true teaching, when it comes, it has impact. False teaching has a bow, but there's no arrow. Say amen. Okay. Then he now goes on to say that he has a crown. The one on the white horse has a crown. That word crown in the Latin representation and in the old Koina Greek is Corona. Corona. In French, it is Corona. So you say, P.O.D., what is the connection between the Corona and what Scripture is talking about? Well, if you've been observant, one of the first things that you notice is that since the corona thing started, there's been a height in false teaching. Yeah. Well, you have to be, you have to be, okay, for example, if I tell you that God is punishing the world, how many of you heard that during the corona? You, no, you didn't hear it. You didn't hear it. That God is punishing the nations of the earth. You know, that God is angry. And now he has finally shown himself to the nations of the earth. And this is, so, I'm not saying that I'm not saying that the corona represents anything, but that crown is not a coincidence. He has a crown. So in other words, there is a there's an there's an increase in false teaching. Okay? As a result of what we are seeing around us. He has a crown. But beyond that, the idea is that in the last days before the coming of Jesus, there will be an increase in false teaching. And God, Jesus said, see that you be not deceived. Now, the first question I want to ask you is, why would Jesus say, see that you be not deceived? Because it is possible for you to get deceived. If your attention is not fixed properly, it is possible for you to get deceived. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, how will that deception come? For many, it might come through what they are going through. Challenges comes. 
People are going through stuff and all of that. And the next thing, you've gotten to the point where you even start to doubt all that you know and all that you believe. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So challenges, you know, issues of life and all of that begins to come up. And then, you know, people start to doubt to the point where they, they start teaching you the wrong things. And because you're desperate to try to do something to get out of that situation, you enter into their hands. Are you here? Hello, church. Are you here? So false teaching is going to be on the rise. And interestingly, he's going to have a crown. In other words, oh boy, this is so powerful. In other words, it's going to look attractive. Let me tell you how attractive it's going to look. It's going to make logical sense. But it makes no meaning when it comes to Christ. It's going to, it's going to, it's going to really appeal to your senses. But it has no meaning. You know, let me digress a little. Speaking about appealing, the crown. When Apollos came to the people in Judah, right? When he came to the, the Jews and the Gentiles. The Bible says of Apollos that Apollos had... Apollos was of Alexandra. Alexandra at that time is the Harvard of today. Okay? Then Apollos was a well-polished guy. You know, polished. <laughs> Looking good. On the other hand, Paul was a smallish guy. He was of small stature. And if you look at scripture, Paul was, was not really eloquent in speech. When he said, I did not come to you with eloquence of speech, I, you know, it was not that he was trying to be humble. Or that he was saying, ah, I came in the power of God. He, he had a slow speech. And there's something about... There's something about recognizing that you are weak that can get you strong in God's strength. We say amen? So he had to depend on God. So when, when um, the people, they had been under Paul for a while, and then they noticed all this, Paul would rather write you a letter than speak to you. So he would rather write than talk. Because his speech wasn't good. He would communicate better with writing. You see? So they had been, this guy had been their pastor, then Apollos now comes. And then Apollos is everything that Paul is not. <laughs> Apollos is tall, he's dark, he's handsome, he went to Harvard, he speaks fluently. If you check the conversation, then Paul was addressing, some of you say I'm of Paul, all of you, some of you say I'm of Apollos, alright, and all of that. He was talking about the division that had already come. But guess what? Apollos was a false teacher. I'll show you why. When Apollos came, this is a story for another day, but let me just touch it small. When Apollos came, Apollos was teaching the baptism of John. Paul came to baptize with the Holy Ghost. Now, when Paul met these people, he said, Ah, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? They said, We have not even as much as heard that there is the Holy Ghost. How can we receive the Holy Ghost? Paul now said, To what baptism were you baptized? He said, It was the baptism of John. Then Paul now said, what? Have you not heard of the Holy Ghost? So Paul now began to teach them about the Holy Ghost. But the question is, I I, this is not the message for today, it's just a digression. The question is, what is the baptism of John? The bat, go, when you go back, check your scripture. The baptism of John was, the, was a performance-driven baptism. In other words, when, <laughs> when people came to John to ask him what to do to be saved, Paul told them to go and sell you know, to go and do charity, 
to go and that's what Paul sorry, that's what John told them. Go and do charity, go and give to the poor, go and do this. And guess what? There was no impact. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There was no impact. When Paul came, they asked him, What shall we do to be saved? He said, Believe in Jesus. Now guess what? All those years they were sitting under this is this is powerful. This is going to bless you. All those years they were sitting under Apollos' teaching. They were incapacitated. They couldn't do anything. They were they were they couldn't do anything. They were bound. They couldn't do anything. One session of being under Paul's teaching, where Paul was showing them, believe in Jesus, not perform to I, I don't have the time on you see on that Good Friday meeting. And that's why I want to teach this thing. Not this one today. Okay? This Apollos matter. Now guess what? They couldn't do anything. They couldn't make any impact. But one session under Paul's teaching. Paul said, believe. They believe. Immediately in Acts 9. They got baptized in the Holy Ghost. Guess what? Those same people, they didn't increase in number. Those same twelve. The Bible says each one of them was spread across the continents. And 12 of them took 12 continents single-handedly. Right teaching. (laughs) Wrong teaching keeps them captive and bound. Right teaching releases them to go into what God has called them to do. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Hey church, can you hear what I'm saying? So, false teaching. Signs of the times. And that's the white horse. Kai, why did I touch that? Anyway, did he bless you? Okay, so the second thing is, let's go down. Verse 3. And he opened the second seal. And I heard the second beast say, come and see. And when I went, another horse that was fiery red. So this is a red horse now. Now please, Pay attention to what the red horse does. And there went out another horse. I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to catch my breath. I'm getting excited. I'm getting ahead of myself. So I'm trying to chill. Like, this thing is busting in my bones. I don't know if you can notice. <laughs> Since I came in, I've been, I've been busting with joy. Do you understand what I'm saying? Wow. Wow. So I'm trying to cool down. <laughs> so this horse now is red. And the Bible says power was given to him that sat thereon. Look at what he's supposed to do. Look at this. That's why you must never joke with strife. Look at this. Look at it. Let's read together. Let's read together. Okay. And power was given to him that sat thereon. To do what? To do what? And to do what? And do what? Whoa. So the red horse, the one who is sitting on the red horse, the job of the one sitting on the red horse is to take peace from the earth. To remove peace from the earth. What do wars do? What do wars do? Remove peace from the earth. And then a sword was given to him to kill. What do strides do? Remove peace from amongst brothers. True of us. What does strife do in a church? Remove peace from amongst the church. 
So each of the... Let's, let's continue. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, some of you won't understand until you... Hey. Let's read the third one. And then when he had opened, so the, the red horse is to... It represents wars and rumors of wars which in today's parlance will be strife. Now remember I said that Jesus said this will be the signs of the end of time. Now let's look at the third, the third one. Verse 5. And when he had opened the third seal, I heard the third beast say, come and see. And I beheld, and lo, a what? A black horse. And he that sat on him had a pair of what? Scales in his hand. What do you think that scales represent? Commerce. When you go to buy your frozen chicken, what do they do? They put it on a scale to wait. So what does scale represent? Commerce. So the black horse, the job of the black horse is to ensure that there is burning and there is scarcity. Are you seeing the picture now? Okay. A scale was given to him. Now let's look at the verse 6. And then I heard in the midst of the four beasts say, A measure of wheat for a penny, and three measures of barley for a penny. And see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. So can you see what's from the wheat, you know, commerce, exchange. You see, buying, exchange, resources, you know, provision. Now let's look at... The fourth one. And then I opened the fourth seal and I heard a voice saying, come and see. And looked. I saw and beheld a what? A pale what? What does pale mean in, 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 in today's parlance? Talk now. Talk, guys. If a person looks pale, what does it mean? So a pale horse is the spirit that represents diseases. And death, look at it, a pale horse, and his name that sat on it was what? And what? Hell followed with him, and power was given unto him, alright, where are we? And power was given unto him over the fourth part of the earth to kill with the sword, and with hunger, and with death, and with the beast of the earth. So, all that Jesus said in Matthew 24, we can see the representation of them in Revelation 6. Now, question. Now, the question you want to ask yourself, why is he a horse? Why is he a horse? It's depicting the speed at which the enemy sends this thing. So, four of these, all these four, they are evil spirits. Demonic forces and evil spirits sent against the body of Christ. Why is it a horse? Oh boy, you better listen. Why is it a horse? Because the horse represents the speed with which these things come. Now, I told you just now that believers are either experiencing it's bad for anybody if you are experiencing all four. Some are experiencing at least one or before. They are experiencing false teaching. Some are experiencing strife. 
from my experiencing pestilence, famine. Many people are experiencing lack. You see, so it looks like Satan is saying you cannot escape. If you escape false teaching, you can't escape strife. And if you manage to escape strife, lack will knock you. And then if you escape lack, it looks as though you have to be pale. The devil is a liar. Say it with me, the devil is a liar. Say it one more time, say the devil is a liar. Say it with me, I have escaped sickness. I have escaped diseases. I have escaped lack. I have escaped famine. I have escaped strife. And I have escaped false teaching. You see why you need to be alert. Alert. The moment you hear, God, your sins will find you out. You better start running. You're in the wrong place. <laughs> what is coming, you cannot, you will not be able to stand it. You better run for your dear life. Praise God forevermore. Praise God forevermore. So now what I want to show you is the answer. Say the answer. The answer. Shout out loud. Say the answer. the answer. Shout it out. Say it again. Say the answer. The answer. So as the enemy is coming with this onslaught, onslaught of sickness, onslaught of, of strife, I mean, I don't know if I've, I've seen, I mean, you've, you've got to be spiritually minded to see how Satan is bringing strife. For no reason, people are just angry. For no reason. You've not done anything to them. You've not done anything to... For no reason, people are just angry. It's a spirit of strife. And when your eyes are open, that these are demonic forces, attacks, onslaughts, and God opens your eyes to see, ah, you fight it with everything you've got. Hey, say amen, church. You fight it in the church. You fight it in your home. You fight it among your relationship. You will fight it everywhere. Be the first to go and make peace. My sister, we are not fighting. We must be at peace. The Bible says where there is strife and there is all of that. The Bible says there are all manner of evil work. You, you understand? Can you imagine strife becoming the basis for all manner of evil? So you must fight it. With everything you've got in a church, in your teams, you must fight strife. Somebody wants to be angry unnecessarily. My brother, 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 my brother. Ha. You have to be sorry. I'm sorry. You know, pastor must also know. Sometimes, just know that, you know, just, the people just turn their gun on you. Booze. Man of God, don't fight them back, oh. Say amen. amen. Strive. As you are living, come back and say, we must be at peace. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You're a believer. You notice strife. Be the first person to say, I am sorry. Because these are onslaughts of the enemy. And you know, it happened so fast. You know, what has happened? What just happened now? Boom! 
in a few seconds, it's over. Now let me tell you something. Look, I said this, let me say it again, then I'll go to the solution. Is that people are battling with false teaching? Or people are battling with strife? Or people are battling with lack? Oh, and that lack one annoys me. You know why? Because people, precious people, God's people, cannot do what they want to do for the kingdom. Cannot do what they are supposed to do because of lack. Lack. Not having enough. God has an answer for that. Hey, I said God has an answer for that. If you are in this service, you are going to be rejoicing. God has an answer for lack. God has an answer for scarcity. God has an answer for sickness. God has an answer for disease. God has an answer for everything. God has an answer. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We are not left at the mercy. We are not left at the mercy of these things. You know the way people live their lives. They live their life as though ah, you never can tell who. You never can tell the day that a sickness will show up. Not for me. Well, you have your own mouth. You can say that. Not for me. No, 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 no. With long life. Not just long life. Long and pleasurable life. Will God satisfy me? Satisfaction means until I say enough. <laughs> rejoice, rejoice. Say it with me. I'm not at the mercy of sickness. Say I'm not at the mercy of disease. Say I'm not at the mercy of love. I am not at the mercy of false teaching. And in the name of Jesus, I'm not at the mercy of death. I'm not at the mercy of sight. I live in peace with all my brethren. In the name of Jesus. Some of you, when you get home today, you'll be the first to call out your sister you've not been talking with. Make peace with them. So there is the white horse. There is the red horse. And it's amazing how these things are so clear. He said, the job of the red horse is to make sure that there is no peace. <laughs> Imagine we just make peace, myself and Benny. Next thing, next few seconds. Another one again. You have come. You have come. You have come. You have come. What did I do to you? This relationship is becoming toxic. It's becoming toxic. So, everybody go their separate ways. You go, I go. Everybody, please find a way. I can't cope any longer. It's okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. The heat is too much. Evil day you knew. Glory to God. I said, if only you knew what is responsible for that thing. 20 years from now, you look back at nothing. Can I remember a red horse? Can I remember what even happened? We don't get fight for no reason. Glory to God. Now, what is the answer? Revelations 4, from verse 6 to 7. Let's try to start to show you the answer. 
Give the Lord a shout of praise. Revelations 4. From verse 6. It says, And before the throne there was a sea of glass, like unto crystal. And in the midst of the throne, and round about, were four beasts, full of eyes, before and behind. The first beast was like a lion. Say, a lion. lion. Somebody say, a lion. lion. The second beast was like a cow. Somebody say, a cow. The third beast was as the, had the, a face as a man. Say, a man. And the fourth, the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. There you have your answer. It's just I read it now. Beauty. Yeah. <laughs> Those four things that you saw there, they are the four faces of Jesus. I explain. Lion. Number two, what? Cow. Number three, what? Man. Number four, what? Flying eagle. First things first. And I'll show you another scripture very soon, but let me just quickly explain it. So, first things first. If you look at the composition of the, of the four Gospels, the four Gospels actually covers these four representations. In Matthew, Jesus is presented as king. There's a genealogy, okay? He's presented as king, Okay? That is coming to take a kingdom. In Matthew, you hear the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God. In the jungle, what represents king? Church, let's preach together. What represents king? So, in Mark, Jesus is presented as a laboring servant. A laboring servant. A servant unto labor. Tirelessly laboring. Alright? What's the picture of that? A calf. An ox. Laboring. Tirelessly. In Luke, Jesus is presented as a man. The son of man. You see the son of man. Son of man. Son of man in Luke. Son of man. Son of man. So, Jesus is presented as a man in Luke. In John, he is presented as an eagle. John said that he talked about um, the word being from heaven came down, okay, and dwelt amongst us, talking about the word became flesh from heaven. Now, why is he the eagle? Because from heaven speaks about heights. And the eagle of all birds actually has, you know, a, a high altitude. There are birds that are higher, but the eagle represents the king. Of the bird world. So Jesus. Is pre- oh boy. Say this is going to bless me. Say he's already blessing me. Glory to God. You know I'm amazed at how, how. How intentional God is in scripture. When your eyes open like this. And you see. How. It is sweet. No it is sweet. And we say amen. amen. So he's king. Say Jesus is king. Jesus is, king. Jesus is a, um, an ox. He's he, he a calf, an ox. He's a man. He's an eagle. So they are, they are using these things that you can relate with 
to, to typify or present Jesus to you. How is this the answer to the four horses? Four horses, four revelations. Four horses, four realities. Each one for this one. One for one. One to tackle one. The other to tackle one. The other to tackle one. Let's look at Ezekiel. Some of you feel like you're in Bible school today. Ezekiel chapter number 1 and verse 10. Woo! Ezekiel 1 and verse 10. Let's read together if you can. One to go. Uh-huh. 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 Uh huh. Great. So you can you can you see that? Now they tell you that on the right side you have the the which one? Which one is on the right side? No no no. The face of man is. Let me do it like this. I need I need four people to stand up. Quick. Come forward. I want to do an illustration. So, you stand like this. Right. You stand like this. No, 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 no. Just follow me. <laughs> stand like this. Yeah. You stand like this. Face this way. You stand face this way. Shift a little small. Come now. Come back. Uh-uh. Did I say you face the wall? So, the, the face of the man. Man. Okay. Who is to the left or to the right? Lion. Okay. Calf. Then what? Eagle. Are you, are you seeing what I'm saying? So, man, face of the man. Um, lion. Calf. <laughs> Eagle at the back. You see what I'm saying? So, keep this picture in your mind as I begin to teach. Please sit down. <laughs> I release you both early. No, sit. But keep that picture in your mind. Now, that picture that you just saw, the picture you just saw, is actually the representation of how God instructed the children of Israel to sit in Bible days. <laughs> Let's look at it. Numbers 2 and verse 2. Quick, 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 quick. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Hurry, there's no time. Numbers 2 and verse 2. Numbers 2, 2. If you are there, let's read together. Want to go? Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Great. So, let's explain that. So, I've shown you the four faces, right? Now, in Bible days, what God told the children of Israel to do was to camp. Listen to this. I wish I had my board now that I've been showing you. To camp round about the tabernacle. To the east, to the west, to the north, to the south. Round about the tabernacle like that. 
Now, the other thing that the instruction was, was that the children of Israel should face the tabernacle. Okay? So, in the encampment, imagine that this is the tabernacle, right? There is a tribe here facing this way. There's a tribe here facing this way. There's a tribe here facing this way. There's a tribe there facing this way. Did you get that? Now, the other thing is that, this is so important because if you miss this, you miss the answer. The other thing is that God instructed them that they should sit down according to their tribes. So what you just read is sit according to your tribes. Three, three. There are twelve tribes. Three on this side. Three on this side. Three on this side. Three on this side. Now, when you read this, and it says the children of Israel were to pitch by their own standard with the ensign of his father's house. Pay attention to this. Each tribe had an emblem, a logo. So they are supposed to pitch round the tabernacle, okay, with, by their own standard. A standard is a flag. Are you hearing what I'm saying? A standard is a flag. And then they are supposed to raise the emblem on the flag. So the emblem on Judah's flag, because Judah is the leader of that tribe. The emblem on his flag is what? Ah, come on now, Bible students. It's what? Lion. So that's the emblem. On, he's the leader of the tribe. Let me just quickly read out the different tribes in the tribe of Judah. On the side of Judah, rather. Right. So, on Judah's side, you have the emblem of the of the of the lion, right? If you read Numbers two, you see all the different the three tribes and how they were supposed to sit, right? But Judah is the leader. On the other side, which is the 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 west side, you sorry the north side, you had Dan, and the emblem is the eagle. On on the south side, you had Reuben. The emblem is the face of a man. And then on the west side, you have Ephraim. And then on that side, you have the face of a calf. Pay attention to this. Now, the instruction was that they should sit and camp around the tabernacle. Pay attention, no. And they should face the tabernacle. Each one should face the tabernacle. That doesn't make so much sense for security. Because you ask me to back the enemy. Remember the enemy is coming on a chariot. But you ask me to back the enemy. Face the tabernacle. Everybody faces the tabernacle. My back is exposed. And some of these guys have arrows. So what if the enemy comes 
to fire an arrow from behind. Because he always comes from behind. Stealth mode. The Bible says in Isaiah 58 that the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. What covers my back? The glory of the Lord. What's covering my back? The glory of the Lord. Now pay attention to this. This is the instruction. Sit according to your tribes. East, west, north and south. Everybody is supposed to have a flag. That flag is supposed to have an emblem. When the enemy is coming, raise the flag. And as you raise the flag, remember, raise the bracing serpents. And as you raise the bracing serpents, everybody is going to leave. So, the answer to the onslaught of the enemy is raise the standard. Raise the flag. Scripture says his banner over us is love, right? So, understand what I'm saying. I'm trying to paint two pictures in one to you. First thing, face the tabernacle. Don't face outward to the world. Face the church. Let your mind be on the things of God. Face His work. Focus, 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 focus. But Lord, how my needs be met. The glory of the Lord will be your regard. I'm not telling you what I'm thinking. Do you know, in researching for this teaching, I had to download, if we were using our, our pictures and all that, I'd have shown you. This is one teaching that you need teaching aids. No doubts. And you know what I'm saying? So that you see how they were camped. In fact, I have some things I'll, I'll just push to, to you guys after service on the hangouts. So you see how they were camped. And each one was to face the tabernacle. False teaching number one. What's in this church thing for me? Face, face the tabernacle. Face the tabernacle. Back the world. How am I going to be taken care of? I will take care of you. Just face. Face. You understand? Now let me tell you why it's important to face the tabernacle. And where they were facing was so important. If you face outward, you'll be distracted because the enemies will be coming. You'll be, you'll be talking natural stuff. You're not hearing what I'm saying. You'll be talking natural stuff. Your conversations will all be natural. Your arguments, your relationships, everything will be natural. Your inclusions will be natural. Your conclusions will be natural. I don't have money in my account, so I'm broke. I'm sick in my body. I feel sick, so I must be sick. All your conversations will be natural. But if you have your eyes on the tabernacle... And you are surrounded. All of you are supposed to be facing here. Just face God. Face the church. Face His work. Focus. Spend your energy on the work. Lord, how will I be taken care of? Don't worry about that. I'm your rear guard. But Lord, do you know that the enemy is going to come from behind? That's not your business. That's my business. <laughs> I told you before that when you focus on him, you will notice he's being focused on you. I told you before. If you focus outside, you'll be distracted. You'll be talking natural things. Your conclusions will be natural. But when you face the tabernacle, because let me tell you why it's important. 
God told them to face the tabernacle. Ah, ah, let me rest. The tabernacle contains all that God has for them. <laughs> the world, when you focus outside, the world contains all that the enemy has for you. You see what I'm saying? That's the reason why That's the reason why many people No matter how many encouragement you give them They will still be destroyed You know why? Where they are faced In their minds They are in church But they are faced outward Do you understand what I'm saying? Their mind is outward They are thinking if I don't help myself Nobody is going to help me But I know one who helps The one who is helpless His name is Jesus he always comes to my help. If I don't fend for myself, nobody's going to fend for me. What are you talking about? You're saying we should be in charge. If I don't fend for myself, nobody's going to fend for me. You don't understand. And there's a God who takes pride. He receives, see, let me tell you, God ends his reputation from taking care of you. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. God, his reputation is earned. By taking care of you. If that's why you must understand that forgiveness is for his name's sake. Healing is for his name's sake. Provision is for his name's sake. Everything. So his glory is your back cover. You say, you're stupid. You're speaking, ah, everything you're doing is God, 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 God. Everything you're doing is shot, 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 shot. God, 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 God. You have lost your mind. They brainwashed you. Yes, I lost my mind to gain his. I lost my mind to gain his mind. Are you getting what I'm saying? Look at what's going to happen. We're focused in church. Doing God's work. Carrying out the conversation here. Alright? Then when the time comes for sure, we'll still beat you. Yeah. <laughs> you know understand what I'm saying? No, you do not get what I say. I say when the time shows for conversation, we still beat you. Do you understand? Hands down. Because this conversation I'm talking about here, if you look at Ezekiel, it says that everything, the river, is flowing from the temple to the world. That's the flow. We go from the church, from his presence. Into the world to affect it from his it's out like that, not like this, it's like that. Say, tell, talk, turn to this person, turn to him, turn to your neighbor. Say, pay attention to spiritual things. Tell them, tell them, say, say, my darling sister, my darling sister, say, my darling brother. And some of you might find your husbands that way. I said, I just say, my darling brother, my darling sister, something will just happen. Come here. He said, Lord, look at this. Oh, behold, my bride. Behold, my husband. <laughs> Glory to Rejoice. Glory. Come Say, pay attention to spiritual things. Jesus told his disciples. He says, start the journey. He started. 
They gave Jesus nine hours head start. Nine hours. You know what Jesus was praying? You know what Jesus was doing? He went to the wilderness. He went to the mountain to pray. He was praying. They don't start journeying nine hours ago. Then the tempest came. Physical things don't have answer to tempest. You don't build that spiritual muscle that you already have, brother. Anytime comes, there will be no answer. Guess what? Jesus was praying. Maybe he was praying. You say he's not making progress. After all, what's he doing with his life? What are you doing with your life? You're not praying, 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 praying. You know the hypocrisy of this world? How can you pray, 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 As Ukraine, as Russia attacks Ukraine like this, pray for Ukraine. Are you normal? Pray for Ukraine, no? No, now, go. <laughs> so Jesus, they gave Jesus nine hours gap. Jesus was busy praying. Spiritual things, right? Then guess what? They got to a point in the journey. Halfway. They couldn't go any further. Tempest everywhere. Then guess what? The man who was praying by the Spirit had already gotten to the other side. Then started walking back to help them. After all, you started nine hours ago. You should have reached. You should have gotten to where you are going. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But there will come a time that the only answer will be the power of the Holy Ghost. And blessed are you if you have taken time to focus on it. You hear? So that not be joko. Not be joko. Until time comes. It might look like nothing. We are not making any progress. Jesus, nine hours, one place. But in one fell swoop, he moves forward, gets to the end, comes back to now help them. That's the picture of our lives. That's the picture of your life. I said, that's the picture of your life. I said, that's the picture of your life. You look like there's nothing to you now. We just focus on, you know, just focus. Just focus on his work. Just focus on his work. Just continue. Just focus. Just stay focused. Just stay focused. Stay in His presence. Stay in His Word. Stay in prayer. You know, just focus like that. Just focus like that. Your back turned on the world. Your back turned on the enemy. But Lord, this does not make logical defense sense. That's why it's me telling you to turn your back. Leave your back to me. I've got you covered. The Bible says, anyone who comes after me, living father, living mother, living this, living that, living that, living that, it looks like you've lost. See, close your phone. Give me. Leave phone. Leave this. Leave that. Leave house. Leave car. Leave this. Leave that. It doesn't even look like you're diminishing. It didn't stop there. He says, shall in this world gain houses Cars, estates, one wife. He <laughs> <laughs> didn't say, he didn't say, wives. 
One wife. <laughs> Say this with me. One wife. One husband. <laughs> because some people will say, they say, they say, a mighty supplier. He <laughs> say wife, wife, wife. He didn't say wife. <laughs> wife. Give the Lord a shout of praise. We are busting bubble for some people here. He wants, to, he, he wants more than one, isn't he? <laughs> oh, glory to God. My back is covered. Oh, I say my back is covered. Some of you, some of you, you're spending your youth right now following the things of the Spirit. Learning, developing, growing in things of the Spirit. The world is making you look like you're stupid. You don't have sense. At the end of the day, they will come back to you for answer. No, they will have to come back to you. Otherwise, future is not fulfilled. When they get stuck, they will come back to you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You're that Daniel now, in that space now. And you're praying now, and they're saying, we will lock you up and put you in prison. We'll throw you to the den, and all of that. But as they begin to see the manifestation of the Spirit in your life, and they see that the lion could not take you out. And, the, and you do understand what I'm saying? And they see all of that. Then they'll come back and say, show us your God. Amen. You want to follow Him. Amen. That's your story. Amen. You know what I'm saying? That's your life. Do you understand? You stay focused. God is, a, He has a huge sense of humor. How can you ask me to face the church? Turn my back. But now, each tribe was supposed to raise their standard. Now, do you know the other thing? I don't have the time to show you today. But those four horses, eh? those four horses actually came from four different directions. Let me show you. I have pictures here, but... So the white horse came from the east. Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you, dear Lord Jesus. <laughs> My brother, I not say, <laughs> not be village I talk. I just say east. <laughs> so on the east is where the white horse is coming from. And what's on the east? You have the lion. The lion of the tribe of Judah. The kingdom of heaven. Okay? From the west, you have the red horse. And what's the standard for the red horse? The ox. The laboring servants. Let me tell you what that laboring servant means. Hello church, are you being blessed? Let me tell you what that laboring servant means. Ox to labor. Simply means that no matter how heavy the sin of the world is, Jesus is constantly at that place laboring to bring them into the consciousness of His righteousness. Tirelessly. Washing their feet. You know, Jesus was washing the feet 
You know what that represents? Your feet goes around, you carry dust. You know there are people who are living with plenty of dust. You don't know. People are living with dust. Dust belief, dust ideas. You hear somebody talking and they are dust. <laughs> Absolute dust. Some of them, you don't even need to listen to them more than, more than five minutes. Just hear dust. <laughs> How do you usually so filled with so much dust? <laughs> the answer is a picture of the ox. Then, we have, to the, we have the north. The north is the, the, um, the, the scale, the one that has the scale. What horse is that? Black horse. For the north, you have the emblem there is the eagle. My, my provision comes from above. I'm not connected to the system of this world. Did you hear the ravens fairly okay? But I, the power of God is here now. Say this with me. I am well taken care of. Did you see the ravens feed the prophets? Huh? Ravens. Ah. Your provision is from above. Your provision is not from abroad. Stop looking for how to change passports. Change consciousness. My brother, if you change passport, you don't change consciousness. The same thing that happened to you, you will not be a bigger um, Agama lizard in Nigeria. It's Agama lizard in Ghana. Agama lizard in Denmark. You understand? You will not be you will not be something else in another place. Stop changing passport. Change consciousness. Stop looking about to buy tickets. The last time I checked, the earth is the Lord's. And it's fullness. The country that I won't enter has not been made. Hallelujah. Oh, you didn't hear that. It's okay. Brothers and sisters, the nation that I will, I will not enter if I want to, they have not created it. It does not exist. <laughs> what that nation is does not exist. Brothers and sisters, the earth is the Lord. And then guess what? For the south, you have the death horse. Ha! And what do you what do you lift up as the emblem? Jesus. You know Jesus died our death so that we will live his life. Jesus. Now, brothers and sisters, I've not finished to I'm taking it to level two. But this is level one. We're almost closing level one. Are you being blessed? Yes, sir. Now, brothers and sisters, isn't it amazing that God would give such an instruction? Like when He told them to set singers in front of an army, set singers and be singing. What manner of battle strategy is that? But when, see, brothers and sisters, get comfortable with the leading of the Spirit, even if it doesn't make sense. When He tells you to do something that doesn't make sense, it's because He has a plan. As they were singing, the Bible says the Lord set encampments, ambushments. And then the enemy started hearing the footsteps of horses and chariots. Imagine how precious God is to take your normal dance. 
To take your dancing steps. You see, because that singing and dancing is rejoicing in who he is. Rejoicing in what he has done. He takes your dancing steps and turns it to war steps for the enemy. You, your dancing, they are hearing chariots of... You, you understand? Chariots are coming. Your dance is the battle. Your dance is the fight. Your dance is the war. But it's not the end of boast. About you know, just God in my Are you are you are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm saying some very important things, though. Your dance in the finished work of Jesus and what he has done, rejoicing in his salvation, rejoicing in his life, rejoicing in his love. What the enemy is hearing is sounds of war. Your dance is your victory. Can you give the Lord a shout? Amen. Amen. So now, as we close, how many minutes do I have? Ah, I still have time, sir. Ah, time day now. But as we close now, I want to show you something. This is how we will close, okay? Now that I've shown you the different emblems, I just told you, I said, what sense does it make that the enemy is coming from behind? God is saying, raise flag. Raise flag. Face me, face me, raise flag. Face me, raise flag. It's that God is more interested in what you're conscious about than what is attacking you. See, that if your consciousness can be fixed, what is attacking you is not that strong. Fix your gaze. Are you being blessed? Yeah. Fix your eyes. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. You understand? Fix your gaze. Now, in the tabernacle, in this, so picture your mind. If I had my, you know, I would have been drawing. But picture in your mind now that you are the four tribes. All of you four people that I said should come out before. So imagine that you are the tribes. Okay? Judah is facing this way. Dan this way. Reuben this way. And then it was Ephraim. Thank you. Ah, Bible scholar extraordinaire. Ephraim is facing this way. So we're all facing the tabernacle. From this east side. Now, in the tabernacle, I, I, I want you to know that in the tabernacle, if you, if you have an aerial view of the tabernacle, if you look downwards into the tabernacle. How many of you are feeling sleepy? <laughs> That's the word. How now? Now, if you have an aerial view of the tabernacle and you look inside, okay, what you're going to see is that the tabernacle, you know that the tabernacle has two sides. The first side is called the outer court. Then there is the inner, and then there is the holy of holies. Right? From where down, from where the east, okay, facing this way, right? What you find there, okay, as you come into the courts, you're going to find something that looks like a cross. It has 
Okay, let me do it like this. Think about it like this. Look at it. How many of you can see? So this, you see this? If you can just, don't worry, I'm just showing. You see that? What does this form? It form, it looks like a cross. Okay. Now, I told you that the white horse comes from the east. Okay? And the first thing you're going to see as you come into the outer court, you see the bracing altar. And you see this cross-like picture. And right on it is where the sacrifice is made. The sin offering, the trespass offering, all the offerings are made on this stuff. This tells you what the answer is to the white horse. The answer to the white horse is to reveal Jesus. What did I say the white horse represents? Hey church, talk to me. What does the white horse represent? What is the answer to the white horse? Unveil the gospel. Reveal Jesus. It's called false teaching because when you sit around certain people, they will want to set aside Jesus. Antichrist is set aside. It's either against Christ or set aside. That's set him aside. Anti. So set him aside. So anything, any teaching, any doctrine that says to set aside Christ is the Antichrist. It's false. So the answer to that is unveil the gospel of the cross. Any teaching that brings judgment and condemnation, that's false. What's the answer? Unveil the gospel. Any teaching that reminds you of your sin is false. What's the answer? Unveil the gospel. Any teaching that, that gets you into a place of guilt, condemnation, reproach, is antichrist. The answer is unveil the gospel. Unveil the gospel to yourself. So what, what do we do now? What do we do? In that area, what, what, what is the antidote for false teaching? Is correct hearing. Let me show you something. Galatians 3 and verse 5. Go there quickly. Quickly, quickly. So, what did I just show you here? I showed you the bracing altar. Now, the bracing altar is where the sacrifices are placed and fire comes on it. Fire in scripture represents judgment. It's called the brazen altar for a reason. Brass in scripture represents judgment. Who can tell me what gold represents? Yeah? Who can tell me what gold represents? Hey church, say it now, say it boldly. It's not a trick question. What does gold represent? You have to know, you have to know. Don't, don't act like, oh, I, I, you have to know. When you see it in the Bible, you have to know. What does gold represent? What does silver represent? Say it now. Say it. So what does bronze represent? Some of you are saying, ah, ah, what's all this now? <laughs> if these things are not necessary, I won't teach them. 
So, brazen altar has to do with judgment, fire. So, what is the answer to false teaching? Because it's going to come. You remind the false teacher, the white horse, that Jesus has taken my judgment, but he has become my sin offering. He has borne my guilt. He has borne my shame. Therefore, I am free from your grip. And there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So what does this mean? Pay attention because this is important. How do we defeat the white horse? We defeat the white horse by hearing the truth of the gospel. Now let me tell you, when the white horse comes, he's coming to introduce something false. Listen to this. But he's also coming to steal something true. Let me show you two scriptures. Very quickly. Look at... Um, I showed you the judge's scripture during the droning conference. I'm not going to go there again. Look at Galatians 3 and verse 5. In the book of Judges, Judges 3 or thereabouts, the enemy, Amalekites, Moabites, and all of that, they always were after the crops that the children of Israel has planted. Imagine, no, so imagine an enemy, a warring army comes against a city. The only place they go is to their farm. <laughs> they carry all their yam, all their cocoa yam, all their everything. And go. Is that really an army or it? Is <laughs> it a local thief? Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's not a local thief. Thief that will come. You won't take car, you won't take gadget. You just go to my farm. And carry everything and go. Ah, boy, it's symbolical. Until you see how symbolic it is. For the believer, the way the enemy really attacks you, it's not by his first of all steals your feeling. Faith comes how? And how? By the word of God. You see what I'm saying? So he will first steal your source of food. He can do it in many ways. Get you to be angry with your pastor, so I'm not doing it again. Get you to not, get you to be so busy, so busy, you don't have time to feed. Busy. Matters ministry. You're everywhere. No food. My brother, let me tell you, oh boy, are you all listening to me? The longer, NK, every day you stay in this world, you're being trained. It depends on who is your tutor. Yeah. Something is training you. Yeah. You're either being trained to deal with scarcity or you're being trained to, in abundance. You're being trained. When you walk on the road and then you don't really have money to take Uber and now you have to bike, jump bike, training is going on. It's just that you are not realizing that something is training you. So how do we Respond to that. We unveil the gospel. We feed on the gospel. We chop food. Ah, P.O.D., you're going to stay in lack forever. No, Jesus paid for my lack. You chop food. Chop the food. Now, let me tell you. As you're eating this food, you may not see physical manifestation yet. Keep eating. One day, 
One day. One day. One day. The sign of your eating will start to manifest. Let me tell you how it has happened in my own life. All the things you've been trying to do for like two years. Struggle. And you are eating. Keep feeling. Time will come. And those same things is to sleep and wake up. They are done. You don't even know how it was done. You just know it's been done. Nothing stops us from eating. Look at Galatians 3 and verse 5. And I'll just read out loud for me. Quick, 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 quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, read it out loud, everybody. I want everybody to read it out loud. Galatians 3 and verse 5. Read from the King James. Galatians 3 and verse 5. If you're there, say, I'm there. If you're not there, say, wait for me. Please, be fast. <laughs> we must be there by now. Can we all read together? I want to go. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Stop. So what is, what is the white horse after? Feeding. is after he wants to introduce false teaching. And I just told you he introduces false by taking the truth. So he stops you from being... Let me tell you, look at me. Let me look at me, please. Please look at me. You're under attack if feeling no longer becomes appealing to you. I'm preaching today with all my heart. How do you know somebody is sick? They start to lose appetite. Eh? No, so. Should I increase the volume for the people at the back? How do you know somebody is sick? They begin to lose appetite. How do you know that you're under the attack of the white horse? You start losing appetite for the truth of the gospel. It becomes too much. Ah! I don't have time. No time. Ah! The enemy that is after you is doing his genie from Afghanistan. <laughs> My brother and sister chop food. Feed. I know I've been talking about this feeding for a while now. Yeah. Deception will come from what you are not eating. Yeah. So you don't have appetite anymore for the word. You don't have appetite for the things of the spirit. You don't have appetite for prayer. You don't have appetite for the word. And you think you are not under attack. Ah, the enemy is after you. Ah, you have to wrap yourself and force yourself to eat. When you are small, what do they do? Your mom will come. Open your mouth. Put the food inside. You must eat. Oh. You must eat. Oh. You must eat. Now look at the scripture that we just read. It says, how does the spirit... Walk miracles. Look at it. Walk miracles amongst you. That's what you're forfeiting if you're not eating. Miracles. <laughs> miracles. How does he work miracles amongst you? Is it by the hearing of the law? Or by the hearing of faith? So the question I'm asking you. If you're not hearing faith. If you're not feeding. Faith comes by hearing. If you're not feeding and hearing faith. How do you see miracles in your life? Your chances of. Seeing the manifestations of the Spirit. Okay, because Jesus said when the Holy Spirit comes, He will remind you of the things that I have taught you. So, you are taught. Then as you go through the journeys of life, and you meet an experience, the Holy Spirit reminds you of the things that you were taught. So what if you were not taught? What if you skip class? Stab. I go stab that class. (laughs) 
You are joking with white horse. And Jesus said, this will be the sign of the times. My brother, don't think you have liver to take it. Today you are sitting under grace. Tomorrow you are sitting under law. Today you wake up. You are feeding from grace. Tomorrow you are looking for prayer house. Look at you looking for prayer house. You should be the prayer. You are looking for signs. You are the sign. You are looking for wonders. You are the wonder. Are you getting what I'm saying? You are looking for miracles. You produce miracles for others. So how do you deal with white horse? Unveil Jesus. The brazen altar. His finished work. You unveil Jesus. You produce Jesus. You talk about Jesus. That's how you deal with false teaching. Can we say amen? amen? Now let's move to the to the next one. In about two minutes I'll be done. So famine, lack, comes from the south. What is the picture of the horse? Picture of the lack horse. What's the, what's the color? What's the color? Black horse. Okay. Now, on the south, on the south of the tabernacle, that's where you will find the menorah. Write it down. Menorah. It's called the lampstand. Lampstand. Menorah means lampstand. M-A-N-O-R-A. Menorah. <laughs> lampstand, right? What does that represent? I've just told you what the brazen altar represents, right? The lampstand represents the Holy Spirit in His church. So, hey, church, how is that the answer to lack? <laughs> so, God says that the answer to lack is that you focus on the ministry of the Holy Spirit in His church. Now, look at this. What this means is that the answer to lack is that you get involved in the local church. You will get it in a moment. You get involved in the local church. You get involved, listen to this, you get involved with what God is sponsoring. You sponsor what heaven is sponsoring. You get involved with your resources. You get involved with your talents. You get involved with your time. Remember I told you, as you are focused here, God has your back. So you get involved. Now let me show you something. Scripture for that. Are you ready? Jeremiah 23 and verse 4. I want you to read it out loud. Read out loud. Quick, 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 quick. We have about three minutes to go. Are you excited? Rejoice! <laughs> Jeremiah 23 and verse 4. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. I'm, I'm, I'm doing amazingly well, like I, more than I thought. I thought I would have... I'm almost done. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Glory to God. Let's read together. I want to go. Read it slowly, but read it out loud. Want to go? Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. 
So what's the what's the answer to famine and scarcity? God sets up. You know when when the Bible talks about the menorah, the lampstand. Remember that when Jesus wrote to the seven churches, he all, he talked about lamp, lampstand, lampstand, lampstand. So it represents the Holy Spirit's ministry in the church, bringing the people, all right, anointed feeding and anointed teaching. It also represents the people's participation and involvement in the local church, spreading the message, ensuring that the gospel goes around. It may not make sense to you, but God says that's the answer for lack. Deal with it. It may not make sense to you and it's not a problem if it doesn't make sense to you. But that's God's answer for lack. Get involved with what He is involved with. Sponsor what He's sponsoring. Put your money where he's, you, you understand where His heart is. Get involved in the gospel. Get involved in the local church. See, you see, some of you at this point might switch off. He's been blessing you, blessing you. The, uh-huh. You know why? Because ch- people today they don't want to. They don't. But hear, 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 hear me. When when the prophets told the king, said, go and dip yourself in the Jordan. Paralysis will go. You know, it sounded very simple. The guy said, me. Me, king. Oh, God, king, you have leprosy. Which one is you, king? Me, king. You are leprous. Calm down. Then it was a small girl. That, <laughs> like Benny. I'm not saying you are small. <laughs> Somebody like this. Came and, and was also, maybe that day she went to just go and wash things for her. And then she heard the king complaining. Ah, look at that prophet. And guess what? <laughs> this is powerful. The prophet did not come out to see the king. He sent a message. He said, go and tell him to go and dip himself. Some of you don't understand why, you know, you think he's just show off. Pastors like to come in late into the meeting. They like to sit down. I was with Bishop Wale yesterday. And he said, and he, he really, he really entered. Bishop Wale said, ah, when you are worshipping and I'm sitting down, it's not because I'm trying to show off. I'm reserving my strength. Soon I'll be preaching. You'll be sitting down. Right on, Pastor. Right on. Right on. <laughs> so it's not show off. We want to conserve energy. So that when we stand and you're sitting, we'll be able to feed you. Amen. Do you understand what I'm saying? You see, the right answer to many things. So here you come, you see, Pastor is sitting down. You say, we kind of big boy, Pastor. Like, why, why does he like to show off like this? I beg, join the, join, join the worship. <laughs> Say this after me, I'm well taught. In the name of Jesus. So the, the king did not come out. I mean, the priest or God did not, prophet did not come out to meet King Go. King was now vexing. And now took a young girl to say, Oh God, they only told you to dip yourself seven times. What is that to you? If they told you to do this and do that, won't you do it? Now, just dip yourself. And you'll be free. He now says, it's true, you are making sense. Then he now did. Then he now go healed. So we just told you now, look at this. The answer for lack is not more labor. The answer for lack is not grit and grind, bootstrap. The answer for lack is not get your hustle on. The answer for lack 
is not get on the meal. And the answer for lack is that trust the Lord with your resources. Sponsor His work. Attend to God's work. Remember the conversation in the Old Covenant? David was saying, how can you people be living in built padded houses and the temple lies in ruins? It's as if to say, come, let's refocus. If we build God's house, our houses, our lives, everything is being built. Can we say amen? amen? So the answer to the black horse, scarcity. Brothers and sisters, get your resources. Get involved in what God is sponsoring. How can you say that I belong to God, God belongs to me, but, but no, not with your money. Get involved. You silence that enemy. Raise the standard. God is my source. Cash, Naira, Kobo, Dollar is not my source. The Lord is my source. And I demonstrate it in my giving. Brothers and sisters, in the name of Jesus, we will give him millions. Amen. Oh, no, 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 I'm not. See, I told, I was telling, I was telling also and the rest. And I just want to say it publicly. I was telling also and my, my brothers and the rest. I was telling them, I said, look, you see this church cannot make me rich. The reverse is the case. God placed pastors to make the church rich. So if I ever think that there will be a day or that, you know, waiting, do you understand? Like, no, 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 no. He did not say, my God shall supply all my needs through the blueprint church. He just said, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory. If he uses you, fine. But guess what? He can use a million and one people. And brother and sister, there's not been one day that my eyes have not been on the Lord. And brothers. You know the reason why it's okay for my eyes not to be on you. So we can drive the cars in peace. Yes, sir. My brother will drive it in peace. Yes, sir. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Brothers. Uh, so that when we are going, you know, um, Jenny here, um, Peoria has gone to South Africa to go and preach. And it's happening very soon. You know? No, I'm not even prophesying. I'm just telling you what my future is. <laughs> you understand? Very soon. Private jets. We just come out. And it's not the one that they will come out. We will also own. Yeah. And if it makes you angry, let me tell you now. <laughs> so that you can start looking for your church now. <laughs> but guess what? Guess what I'm saying? So that as we do it, right? You say, see our money. See our money. See our money. The Lord supplied. Brothers and sisters, I say the Lord supplied. I'm telling you, come, come, come. There is a place that the minister, I don't even know why I called you, but the power of God is on it. There is a place that the minister dwells in his mind, in his consciousness, in his thinking, that the church starts to dwell there. You understand? We dwell there, then you start to live there. We live lavish, then you live lavish. We live prosperous, then we live prosperous. Pastor, but there are the poor among us. We will feed the poor. But we don't have to be poor. We will feed the poor. We don't have to be poor while we are feeding the poor. <laughs> we'll be rich. Wealthy. God made us so. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And then we'll feed the poor. And the poor, we will not have amongst us. <laughs> are you planning to be broke? <laughs> Say the Lord is my shepherd. I'm well provided for. Give the Lord a shout. 
So on the north, two things and then I'm done. On the north of the tabernacle, you have the table of showbread. The table of showbread talks about the communion. I'm telling you now, don't say I did not tell you. Don't say I did not tell you. The table of showbread is on the north. If you check scripture, it says I don't have time. The Bible says the, the death angel comes from the north. And the table of showbread is in the north. What's the table of showbread? Communion. So what's the answer to that, that pale horse? Break bread. Are you seeing it now? Your eyes are open. You can see. Partake of the communion. Partake. We will partake today. When I saw this thing during the weekend, I say, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there's a way that you be in a church and then you're doing something, but, but you don't now understand the importance anymore. Oh, yeah, bring communion. No, let's just eat. I beg, pass, pass the bread, pass the wine. In fact, as some people are eating the wafer, they are, mm, hey, this wafer, this wafer, please, can you give me more? But when you understand this, your eating, partaking of the communion, is the shoe bread the answer to the angel of death? Isn't that how they fed in the temple? They ate in the temple. I mean, sorry, in the old covenant, when they put the, the blood on the lintels and everything. And say, whilst you're inside, feed on the roasted lamb. That's the communion. And as they fed on the roasted lamb, the Bible says that when they came out, and I'm praying that over this church. I'm praying that over every one of you. Now, when they came out, none was feeble amongst their tribes. Their eyes were not dim. Their natural force was not abated. We partake. Silence the pale horse with the communion. The table of showbread. And then finally, the red horse. The red horse is coming for her. The red horse represents what? Roars and what? Rumors of wars and what? Strife. On the side where the red horse is coming from. You know what you have there? The altar of incense. You know what that represents? How many of you know what it represents? Prayer. The prayer of the saints. How, you, how do you... How do you... Why are they saying pray for Ukraine? Red horse, don't stand. Red horse, don't stand with, with sword. <laughs> they scatter. To remove peace. Go and check that scripture again. To remove peace on the earth. <laughs> and that red horse comes into church too. Sometimes that red horse tries to jump on people's heads. You don't know that that thing that is horse. <laughs> Your head. Your head don't become filled. Horse, tick it, tick it, on your head. Your head. <laughs> so what's the answer to that prayer? Have you noticed that, hey, hey, sweetheart, look at this young precious girl. Have you noticed that if you spend time praying for her, you can't be mad at her. If you spend time praying for you, she can't be mad at you. If you spend time praying for your pastor, you will not be mad at him. If your pastor spends time praying for you, they will not be mad at you. Prayer is the answer to strife. 
any church that spends time in the place of prayer, there will be peace there. There will be harmony. Brothers loving one another. Can we say amen? amen? Now you see why we partake of the communion? Do you see why we partake of the communion? Do you see why we pray? Ah, if we don't pray, one red horse, one day I feel just come, just see David. I don't see David. David, you, David, you look like, you look like my grandmother. <laughs> yes, I'm there. And if that memory is bad, David, I hate you. How can a believer tell another believer, I hate you? God forbid. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Some of you, you will marry and have children and have wife. That enemy of strife will want to sit on shoulder like this. Not grill. My brother, not grill. Not grill. You didn't hear me say talk? Not grill. Stay in the place of prayer and pray. For him, pray for her and make peace with them. When we raise the altar of incense, the altar of prayer, and we spend time praying, we silence that enemy, that evil force of strife coming into the church. Have you seen the answer now? What's the answer to the white horse? What's the answer to the white horse? What's the answer to the pale horse? Partake of the what? The bread and the wine. What's the answer to the black horse? Uh-huh. Doing what? Huh? Thank you. Using... See, the black horse steals... Is coming to steal. I prophesy over this church. And over every one of you. We have resources to do God's work in abundance. We lack nothing in the name of Jesus. I say we lack nothing. No, 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 you are not hearing me. I say we lack nothing in the name of Jesus. I say we lack nothing. All that we need to portray the gospel to the lost, we have. Soon we're on radio, soon we're on TV. We're everywhere. And we have the resources. In the name of Jesus. Let me tell you. Year after year we are receiving souls in their thousands. People are getting saved. People are getting healed. People are getting baptized in the Holy Ghost. And let me tell you. Your personal finances will not lack. No, in the name of Jesus you are not permitted to experience lack. See, let me tell you. I told you first on Thursday. I said... The, 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 the secret to provision is not first going to work. It's first establishing a consciousness that God has honored you enough to bring you into redemption. Out of this redemption, provision will flow. Have you been blessed today? Give the Lord a shout of praise. Rise to your feet. Thank you for engaging yourself in this episode. We trust that your life has been beautified. If you'd like to share what Jesus is doing in your life with this ministry, please write to us at hello.blueprintstories.org. You can visit our website at www.blueprintstories.org. 
You can also follow us on Facebook at the Blueprints Church and on Instagram at the Blueprints Church. Share.